0: Welcome to Say When. I'm your host, Holly Toscanini. This podcast is for any woman who's had enough of restrictive diets, feeling bad about their bodies, or putting their lives on hold until they lose the weight. If you've had enough of diet culture, then it's time to Say When. Hello and welcome back to the Say With podcast. Today I am interviewing Violeta Puente. Violeta is a nutritionist. She's also an intuitive eating counselor and integrative life coach. She helps women over 40 improve their relationship to food, body, and drinking by guiding women to lean into curiosity and self-compassion while challenging ingrained beliefs and thought patterns that keep women feeling bad about ourselves. Now, Violetta says her mission is to help women feel at peace with food and themselves so they can focus on the meaningful and pleasurable things in life and enjoy their bread and butter without guilt. Welcome to the podcast, Violetta. How are you today?
1: Thanks so much, Holly. Thanks for having me. I'm doing good. Uh, Good. I'm a little cold, but it's
0: all good. Terrific. You know, so I kind of wanted to kick off our interview by asking Mm -hmm. you what prompted you to transition from maybe traditional nutritionist or diet approaches to a more intuitive eating approach? Um, how, how did you make that shift?
1: Yeah, so um, I used to work as a health educator in chronic disease management, like in clinics and doctor's offices. Um, so I worked with a lot of people that had diabetes or prediabetes and high cholesterol. And in this time, I developed like an interest in blood sugar management. And, um, once I finished that job and moved on, I became a holistic nutritionist. And then I decided to continue the blood sugar management, but through this holistic uh, lens and on my own terms, like this is when I started my online business stuff. Um, and so I had, um, I was taking. I signed up for my first business course, and I'm like, yeah, I want to work on. I want to do blood sugar management. They're like, okay, that's great, but you need you need like you need to sell a result, right? Uh, what is going, going to be your result? And I said, okay, I'm gonna do, like, gain energy through blood sugar management because I always had a little resistance with weight loss. It wasn't my thing. I felt mm-hmm. like I was wasn't good at it. Um, every time I had these the patients in the clinic that wanted to lose weight, I would you know say eat this, don't eat this, and then they didn't often lose weight. So I thought, okay, I'm just terrible at this. <laughs> like I have no <laughs> idea how to help people lose weight. So I went with the energy, like let's let balance our blood sugars for energy, you know, so you can feel good, feel energetic. Like who doesn't want energy? And um, and so the more I talked to women, I I've always just worked with women um, except for in the clinic. Uh, but, um, the more I talk to them, they're like, yeah, you know, I want more energy, but I also want to lose weight. And it was always like, it was always the thing it was, I want to lose weight. So I started thinking about it. I was like, well, you know, it's not what I want, but it's what they want. So maybe I should just do the weight loss. Like, you know, it's what they want. Like I got to, you know, honor what they want. So I started to do the weight loss, uh, thing. And, um, Yeah, I was not liking it. I didn't do it for long. I don't think more than two months, honestly. Mm, mm -hmm. Um, And it's funny because when I was kind of working on these questions, um, it prompted me to create an Instagram post. I think it was my latest post from a couple of days ago about, like, I said the thing, fit in your jeans again, you know? And I think when I said that, like, my body just, like, you know, went into all kinds of uh, whatever.
0: Resistance, (laughs) definitely. Yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: Yeah, I was like, no, I, I, I can't do this. And then I remember one day thinking clearly, like, oh, my God, there's got to be a different way to do this. Like, I can't hear more women just talking so negatively about themselves, about their bodies, and about themselves, really. Like, what's wrong with me? I'm, you know, whatever. I, I'm doing something wrong, etc. cetera. So, um, and then, yeah, I looked into intuitive eating. I had heard about it. And I... remember googling it one day and seeing if it was for me like if it was Mm -hmm. going to be relevant to to my work and I was like yes I'm in so I signed up I think that day or maybe the next day um and yeah and I never really looked back and um so that's that's really that's how I got into into the intuitive eating work It's so funny,
0: because there's so many aspects of your story that I can completely resonate with. I met with a business coach who specifically coached health coaches, right? Yeah. And had a very similar conversation where I'm like, I'm not selling weight loss. And she kept saying, well, yeah, you are, you know, your ultimate goal is to help these people lose weight, right? And I was like, well, no, not really. That's not what I'm here for. And we just could not come together, she got so frustrated with me because I didn't want to buy into that whole weight loss is the thing I'm selling. Yeah, Um, yeah, I know. know, And then the other thing that's so interesting too, is when you don't feel aligned with something, it definitely shows up in your body. I mean, Mm -hmm. when you're doing something Mm -hmm. that feels like an ick, your whole body kind of retracts. Oh, yeah being yeah. able to kind of stumble onto intuitive eating and have it feel so aligned right from the beginning. I think that's yeah. a really good sign that it's definitely for you. I, I think you probably yeah. did your weight loss coaching. You said what, two months, that's probably longer than most people are able to stick to a diet. So I think you did great. <laughs> oh my god!
1: <laughs> yeah. And I also really felt that intuitive eating really aligned with my values a lot more than holistic nutrition did. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, when I I did my master's in nutrition as well, and my focus there was on food insecurity. And I really, Mm -hmm. um, I was really loved the work of of food insecurity, um, which ties more into the social determinants of health and all that. Mm -hmm. So then holistic nutrition was like, oh, I don't know how I'm supposed to apply this to, you know, my passion for food insecurity and all that. There's, I mean, you know, it's not that I couldn't, but um, I just feel like with intuitive eating, it just ended up just aligning more with, with my values and Mm -hmm. with the things I believe in. Um, Yeah, so so, so I definitely felt more at home with intuitive eating.
0: Yeah, I think one of the things that really drew me to it as well is the concept that there are no good or bad foods, right? I mean, for me, that was critical, because when I was doing medical weight management, there were bad foods everywhere. I mean, corn was bad, pasta was bad, bread was bad. It's like all these things that you're not supposed to be eating. And I think for so many different cultures that became a huge problem you know mm-hmm. if rice is the staple of your diet and now you're told yeah. that it's a bad food or you know corn or tortillas or you know pasta it yeah. really can make it difficult to stay on a quote-unquote diet plan long term yeah
1: um, exactly. and you know
0: I know yeah. in a previous conversation um you had mm-hmm. mentioned the need to unlearn a lot about health especially for yeah. the Hispanic Community as a Hispanic woman yeah. uh, can you share maybe some of the Key misconceptions that you had to let go of, and how that process was for you personally and maybe even professionally?
1: Yeah. Um, so, one of the big things uh, that I ended up unlearning um, was again tying it back to the social determinants of health, was this focus on diet and exercise being kind of like the be all and end of all of health. Um, there's so much focus on these two. F- factors um as being the means to controlling health mm-hmm. um you know eat well and exercise and like that's like you know 99 percent of your overall health right that's what most of us believe and um I think I had learned about the social determinants of health in university but I didn't really apply it I didn't really apply it into my own work um, and so when it came up in intuitive eating uh, through this intuitive eating um certification I guess I was like oh my god yeah that makes sense and um so part of the unlearning was yeah like you know diet and and exercise are only I think it's 16 percent combined of our overall health um and I think the controllable factors in general are maybe about 40 percent so not even half of your overall health so um so definitely that um what else just gonna quickly look at my notes. right give me one second no saying, uh,
0: that's fine i you know the social determinants oh, of like, health a lot of people yeah. talk about that um but even though we are aware of its existence so much emphasis yeah. is still put just on diet and exercise you're yeah. so right about that
1: yeah yeah exactly and i really do try and share that with people um it, uh, you know as much as possible with my clients mm-hmm. and then with my um hispanic clients as well mm-hmm. where diet culture is so so deeply ingrained as it is here too mm-hmm. um but I do really like to share this information with them as well, like when they are just so, so stuck on um, trying to eat healthy and trying to avoid fattening foods, which is a, yeah. a very common term used in Latin America. Mm-hmm. We don't hear it so much here anymore. So much. I mean, right. I don't so much in, in my kind of surroundings. But um, yeah. So, yeah, you remember um, I had a client who... Um, I you know she's like I I need to avoid fattening foods I need to she was Hispanic um you know I need to eat healthy and um you know she was feeling bad about herself and then I said you know what like health is so much more than the food you eat and then Mm and you know your movement and um and I said it's only like about 20 percent And she's like oh really like That's so interesting. And a few days later, she ended up emailing me, like, can you share some of the research with me? Like, I don't understand this concept. And yeah, yeah, so I sent her uh, some research and uh, explained it a little bit more. And she was really grateful. Uh, She was totally unaware of that, as most people are. But she was very grateful for, for the information.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, In your own experience, what are some maybe personal eating habits or behaviors that changed for you?
1: Um definitely less of a focus on like balancing all my meals and Mm -hmm. like did I eat my five vegetables today and just like the the details of of eating like I'm not I don't really care anymore it's not like Mm -hmm. that I don't care about my health and food of course I do and I love food and I love good food and I love eating I'm just not like I, I just don't care. That one. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Like, uh, and that the other thing is I, I eat more convenience foods as well. Like mm-hmm. once a week, my husband and I might have fish sticks. We had them last night with salad and maybe some rice, you know, mm-hmm. and in the past, I never would have had fish sticks. Like I was right. never one to be super clean eater obsessive. Like I was mm-hmm. never to that extreme, but still like, no fish sticks. It's a little much, you know, a little too <laughs> processed. And now it's like, yeah let fish six,
0: you well, know, that's, you know, I'm remembering, um, you're a runner, aren't you? Or what didn't you uh, used to run? Or... I used to run more.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I run once in a while. Yeah.
0: Did you find that when you started practicing more of an intuitive eating approach that it impacted your ability to run or the way that you would nourish yourself before or after a run?
1: Like after intuitive eating,
0: or? Once you started kind of shifting from, you know, into more of a holistic or intuitive eating um, sort of behavior for yourself, did Mm -hmm. you find that any of that impacted the way that you might approach your exercise?
1: Like exercise in general? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I definitely. It's interesting because when I first started the intuitive eating journey, I think, like my own journey, um, I think there's we have a tendency to black and white mentality, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought like, okay, I, I'm, I go to the gym maybe twice a week, three times a week. I run, that must mean I'm obsessed with exercise. So mm-hmm. I almost like was gaslighting myself a little bit. And it's like, oh, okay, I'm obsessed. So I stopped going to the gym for a <laughs> while. I stopped doing exercise. Um, Or I would just do very gentle exercise because of the... um because we talk about gentle movement, right? And it's really meaning, which is great. Um, But I've I've always really enjoyed running and cardio and like group fitness classes. It's Mm -hmm. and then it it took me like a few months, maybe half a year to realize that I actually really love this. I I love exercise. I love movement. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, so, (laughs) yeah, so I guess, Short answer is I stopped exercising. Right. Uh, black and white mentality, and then I got back into it, and I go. Um. And I also recently did a post about exercise. Uh, I I love the gym. I mm-hmm. I love group fitness classes, but I go once a week, maybe yeah. twice on a yeah. good week. On a good week, <laughs> twice a week, and that's that's fine. Um, it's not because I don't love it. It's because I I just have other things to do. It's not. Yeah. Priority. So just yeah.
0: It's fascinating because I think exercise is such um, a challenge for so many people because of that black and white thinking. You know, we're either all in, fully committed, or we're kind of all out. I hate to do it. And even yeah. just listening to you talk about the conversation in your head about yeah. Am I obsessed or, you know, is there something wrong with me? Maybe I shouldn't do any. And then only doing very quote unquote gentle movements. <laughs> we forget that exercise is a form of self care, right? Yeah. It's not just the diet. Burning calories or you know changing our, our body shape, mm-hmm. it's about more than that. And I think when we shift from that diet mentality of exercise as calorie burn or you know punishment mm-hmm. for eating into I love the way my body feels when I run or I love yeah. the way my body feels when I do a group class, you know yeah. those are the things that we we forget about. And it's such yeah. a, an empowering but also freeing, liberating feeling to be able to yeah. move your body for you and not for a means to an end.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And also, I, I was just remembering how I used to, you know, I when I used to run more, um if I went on a 5K run, it was like a lazy day. So I definitely had more <laughs> judgment on myself as a lazy. Like, I can't even remember the last time I ran 5, 5K anymore. But right. now I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to just run around the block, maybe a 10 minute run. And mm-hmm. I'll do those more now. Um, I haven't run now in a couple of months now I'm not a cold weather runner but uh (laughs) but yeah now I'm more like hey like I don't you know I don't have a lot of time right now but I want to do a little movement a little cardio so I'm just going to run around the block or you know a few blocks around 10 minute 12 minute run and now I'm like with those right so so before it was like more all or nothing like if I don't have time for a half hour 5k run then I'm not gonna run today
0: yeah. So as an intuitive eating coach, how do you guide your clients to transition from that sort of diet focused mindset to intuitive eating or that the um, the principles of intuitive eating?
1: Yeah, so um, so what I'll do with my clients is I first have them understand, um, understand where their beliefs come from. So mm-hmm. the, the belief uh, where the where the beliefs stem from. So it's usually society and family and culture. So I have them kind of understand that and and just have that awareness and normalize it, right? They didn't just Mm -hmm. invent this information. Right. Um, it, you know, it's learned, right? And usually it's like it's just what we know, like there's no other alternatives, right? Mm -hmm. So I have them just understand um where these beliefs come from. And then I'll also um yeah, so if they say something like, I need to lose weight, which is something many people will say on the first session. Yeah um then we'll we'll try and unpack that okay why do you mm-hmm. think you need to lose weight like what you know and all all that um so all the reasons why they think they need to lose weight um, and then I have them also um observe their thoughts mm-hmm. um I tell them that thoughts aren't facts and this is usually a surprise to most people <laughs> you know it was for me as well when I learned this in our mentorship program it's like oh mm-hmm. you mean like this thought I've had about myself my whole life isn't true like <laughs> no that's impossible <laughs> you know so we're so we're so married to our thoughts um so even just having the awareness that your thoughts aren't facts they're just thoughts is you know is already um
0: mind-blowing
1: uh, yeah, yeah exactly it's mind-blowing <laughs> um so I have them observe their thoughts and then I explain the self-coaching model which you know our thoughts create our feelings which create mm-hmm. our actions and then create uh, the results in our lives um and um so I, I teach them the self-coaching model and mm-hmm. um and then I, I and then we, we create new thoughts and often um I really try and, and work on creating neutral thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um neutrality I think is so is so important in this work, um because you know, um women or you know, people in general, um we're so used to talking so negatively about ourselves and mm. think negatively about ourselves and our bodies and whatever else.
0: Yeah. All that self judgment. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. So even just shifting from that to neutral,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I think is, is really important, um, especially as it relates to body thoughts, um, thoughts about body, you know, as we learn in our mentorship program, you know, the goal isn't body positivity, um, uh, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm feeling a little bit more neutral about our bodies and, um, um, and eventually, you know, maybe respecting our bodies, but definitely, I definitely like to, um, to, to, to focus on body neutrality or just neutral thoughts in general about health right. topics in general. So that's kind of, that's kind of um, my process. I might do a little intuitive eating teaching as well, depending on how many sessions I have with the person, mm-hmm. give them a little homework, like rating their hunger and fullness. Right. So you know the intuitive eating concepts. Um, if it's a one-off session, we'll just uh, go with the flow. <laughs> yeah.
0: Go with the Sometimes flow. those one-off sessions can be really powerful because yeah. so much of what you've just said is a lot for people to take in, and really yeah. embrace. Right. That whole idea that maybe dieting isn't the be-all and all of health right? That maybe weight loss is not the ultimate goal that we all want to shoot for. It's all of those other feelings that we yeah. think weight loss is going to accomplish for us. Yeah. Are there um, other aspects of health that you now focus on with your clients in addition to the intuitive eating? Um, that, You do some work with intuitive drinking, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do work with intuitive drinking as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so um so uh other aspects of health that i i work yeah so um i like to and i can tell you more about intuitive drinking in a yes, please <laughs> um but yeah i do like to talk about um a big one like within the controllable factors is stress mm. um like i mean stress can go either way controllable or not controllable but sure. um assuming that it is you know a controllable factor in this Mm -hmm. case i I do like to focus on stress especially as it relates to um stress being generated by negative thoughts negative thoughts about ourselves dieting food obsession all this um can create stress and that is you know uh, i think most of us know that stress can be detrimental to health it's not always detrimental to health a little stress is good but um but um so i do i do like to I really like to emphasize that you know these negative thoughts you have the way you know you're, you're thinking is you know it's it's going to create stress and it's not, not you know not going to be the best for you right um so sure. i do like to focus on, on stress as, as as um as one of the health factors and um and then also as it ties to sleep because sleep is also very important also mm-hmm. in the controllable stress uh not stress factors, controllable factors. Um, Sleep is also an important one. And if we're always stressed, um, that can definitely impact our our ability to to sleep well, to get a good night's Mm -hmm. rest. So um, those are some of the things. Yeah.
0: And, you know, managing stress is a big popular topic. I mean, you could probably Google manage stress and get a bazillion hits on Google. I think one of the things that you hit on is, is that all of those things are so interrelated. You know, when we have too much stress in our lives, that's, that's Mm -hmm. not positive or manageable that can impact our sleep. Both of those things can impact our energy levels, our mood, and then our decision-making abilities. Um, We might rely more on, you know, coffee or more on food or things like that to kind of help get us through the day. And all of that can disrupt our sort of self-regulating systems that we try to have in place. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, I I used to work in a health food store during my holistic nutrition days. And um, yeah, people would come in for stress supplements all the time. Like, what's good Mm -hmm. for stress? And and I kind of knew the list of stress supplements. I can probably still remember them. But (laughs) in the back of my head, I'm like thinking like, like, I don't, I don't know if supplements are, you know, the answer to your stress, (laughs) stress problems. Like, I don't know. So I think I just back to the holistic nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, my holistic nutrition career, I just a lot of times just didn't buy into a lot of the things like the supplements. And I mean, I love some supplements still. Like I'll take some supplements. Sure. But when you're just relying so much on a supplement to better your health or to you know solve your stress, it's like. Right. So when we learned about the self-coaching model it, it thoughts affect feelings, it's like oh, this makes sense. Like this is you know this. It seems like a, a way better way to right. to to manage our stress, right? By working on our
0: thoughts. Yeah. And it's so interesting. I don't know about you, but I've had so many clients that would so much rather spend $40 on a green powder to drink in a smoothie than to spend, you know, 10 minutes trying to write down their thoughts and really examine yeah, what they're feeling and what's causing it and then exactly. try to resolve that. Yeah, yeah.
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. I guess the powder is more of a quick fix, even though it can cost you more <laughs> uh, financially. I think it also yeah, costs totally. us more um mentally in the long run, because once you go through the self-coaching process and you learn to identify kind of how your thoughts are impacting your physiology and then how that drives your behavior, you mentioned that earlier, that is really powerful. Yeah. Uh, So when people can kind of get that, um, that gives them a lot more control. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So let's go back to the concept of intuitive drinking, because I'm really intrigued by that. Yeah. <laughs> um, how do you approach first of all, what is intuitive drinking, and how do you approach this with clients? And if you're willing, you know, maybe even share a little bit about how being an intuitive drinker has manifested in your own personal life,
1: yeah, so intuitive drinking is a concept that is uh, I didn't invent it, but um it's not it's not um official the way intuitive mm-hmm. eating is right? It's not sure. by research. Um, so um I like because I've done the intuitive uh, eating work and then I was um, interested in kind of healing my own relationship to drinking like I feel like a lot of the a lot of the times that people talked about the relationship to food and to um especially to food it's mm-hmm. kind of I feel like that's how I felt about drinking a lot mm. of the words people use and the feelings and the healing yes. and the shame, was like that's how I am with drinking actually um so I was like, you know, what if I took some of the intuitive eating concepts and applied them to intuitive drinking? So I did that, and then I I created like a small program um, last year and or earlier this year rather,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, using the intuitive eating um, concepts and um, yeah concepts and the framework and especially the framework of curiosity and self compassion um and like the way i might coach someone uh with intuitive drinking um so similar to intuitive eating coaching i'll have them unshame their drinking so really Mm. get them to understand why they drink like their perceived benefits what are the perceived benefits Mm -hmm. of drinking what is it doing is it relaxing you right like why is it important to feel relaxed at the end of the day and Kind of numb your mind or soothe your mind I don't like the word numbing too much sure <laughs> but yeah but you know so what is it doing what are the benefits of drinking and like the perceived benefits um and then I, I tell you know I, I, I let them know that drinking is a habit and a learned behavior like we learn to drink we learn to cope with drinking or, mm-hmm. or whatever it is we do with drinking at a young age like for me it was um like I started drinking in my early twenties after high school, and it really mm-hmm. gave me a sense of like community belonging. I started going out on the weekends. I yeah. would always kind of run into the same people, and it was like I just felt and it was fun, right? Of course, mm-hmm. I mean, sure. It's like <laughs> that's one of the things that's fun, but it really allowed me to connect with people on a different yeah. level than just. Mm-hmm. And I never really liked high school, so it was like, oh, I just kind of like blossomed, I guess. <laughs> so yeah. I felt good, Um and it was, and so. I mean that's that's what that's how I learned um you know that, that was my learning experience with drinking I guess um and so I, I so I let them know this you know it's a habit so if you drink even though you said you weren't going to this week it's not that there's anything wrong with you it's just it's an ingrained habit it's like yeah. it's really hard to just not do it right sure. it's it's yeah i mean you've been doing this for so long so you have to take that into um into consideration when you're trying to heal your relationship to drinking.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, if it's something that you do regularly, I can imagine just like trying to change any habit, it would cause a lot of anxiety for you to not do yeah. that. And I love what you just said yeah. about unshaming the behavior, because I think mm-hmm. there is such a stigma associated yeah. with that, um, telling people, have more compassion and learn that you don't have to be ashamed of this. Yeah. It is something that you can can work on. And, you know, it reminds me, uh, somebody said, um, we were talking about emotional eating with someone and they said, if you have an emotional eating problem, or if you eat emotionally, you probably don't have an emotional eating problem. You have a self-care problem. And I'm wondering if that might be the same about some of our drinking behaviors. It's not that we have a drinking problem, but a self-care problem.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would totally agree with something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I think when we drink and we just kind of do it every day and and don't, we don't really stop to, 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 you know, observe why we're drinking, what it's doing. I think when we just go through the day to day, right? Like most of us still stop to kind of analyze everything all the time. Like exactly. that's not why you drink to analyze yeah. and make life more complicated, <laughs> right? It's like, you know, just you know, Good relax point. your mind. So <laughs> exactly. So um so yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um and then I also like to bring mindfulness or m- into the drinking work. Mm-hmm. You know, just have people um um you know, I do some mindfulness work anyway, but, uh, just have them like slow down, um, slow down their drinking, maybe savor it a little bit more, savor, savor the wine or whatever it is, get more out of a small buzz. You know, if you want to have a glass of wine while you're cooking, okay. Like if you don't need three while you're cooking, like really exactly. slowing it down. And it's not just about mindfulness, but it's also an important piece. Just, just being a little bit more aware of how fast you're drinking and, and, um, You know, if you're just kind of like chugging back your glass of wine versus like savoring it and just being a little bit, taking your time more and more with the drink and really like getting more out of a little buzz, right? Like without having to rely on like five glasses of wine or whatever it is, um, you know, for a buzz. But it's it's a learning, it's a process.
0: process. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I can... See the parallels between what you've just said and coaching someone through, you know, a, a challenge they may have with, you know, Oreos. You don't have to have the whole yeah. sleeve of Oreos. Maybe you just have a couple, but, you know, yeah. that first one gives you all the pleasure, just like with the drink. The first one yeah. gives you the yeah. pleasure, and you're chasing that with the second or the third, right? Yeah, so you're exactly. Kind of, kind of trying Absolutely. to continue that. And it's not always as effective. But when you learn that, then it gives you more of an mm-hmm. ability to decide if you want to continue or not.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. fascinating. Yeah,
0: I think that's so interesting. I can't wait to learn more about that and see how um, how that unfolds in more of your work.
1: <laughs> yeah, thank you.
0: <laughs> so yeah, what advice would you give to somebody who is deeply entrenched in diet culture and is really struggling to find a more balanced approach to their health?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a, a great question. There's definitely, we can definitely take this in in several ways. I think Again, going back to the social determinants of health, Mm -hmm. without you know calling them that necessarily because people are like, "Oh, that sounds very whatever
0: (laughs) sciencey."
1: Yeah, (laughs) sciencey, you know, or academic or whatever, right? Uh But it's just like health is broad. You know, health is broad. Health isn't just about diet and exercise. I know I've said this like a thousand times, but, um, but it's not. I mean, do you have friends? Do you have family? Do you you know, um, have access to Healthcare, mm-hmm. education or, or or whatever right like yeah. especially the social connection piece is so important as well so just really getting them to just step away from this um um you know, narrow focus to a to a broader one really and mm. really be able to see uh, have the ability to see that health is just so much more than you know every gram of protein you eat or you sure. know, green vegetable or <laughs> whatever right. it is right <laughs> Yeah. And then you can, and also emphasizing that, um, um, yeah. And also letting them know that, you know, they don't have to participate in diet culture or in, in, in this belief system if they don't want to. And and that Mm -hmm. might just give them a little bit more, um, autonomy, right. A little bit more like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe I don't have to participate. Usually that takes a little work, but, um, but but yeah, that's kind of
0: what uh, where I go with that. Yeah. We've been so inundated with the concepts of diet culture and everything that it that tells us that we have to do to be beautiful or accepted or worthy. That a lot of times we don't even realize it exists. We don't realize that we're swimming, you know, in this kind of muck until somebody points it out to you, and then it can be. A little shocking, and I think one of the things that you mentioned that is so important is helping people understand that it's not the the shift in your body size that gives you the confidence or the success or the worthiness. It's the way you think about all of those things. It's the beliefs you have about that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So this has been really interesting.
1: Yeah. And
0: I would love to keep talking. (laughs) However, (laughs) I know everybody has lives, so you have a program that I read about called diet free, happy me. Can you just tell us a little bit about the program, maybe who it's for and, and what it's all about?
1: Yeah. So, um, the diet free, happy me program, I'm launching it in, um, I'm launching it in January and it's a program for, for women, um, or people who identify as women, as female. And, um, it's, a, it's for, for women who want to um, generally tend to value health, um, love to eat, love food, and just want to uh, feel, um, just want to heal their relationship to food, want to heal mm-hmm. their relationship to body. Um, maybe they're, they find they're, they're very obsessed with food um, or with dieting. They um, feel like they have to control food, so they just want to be at peace um they want to live life at peace and just um move on with their lives so um it's a one-on-one coaching program um and it's 12 weeks long and um yeah like i said it starts in january and Mm um yeah what else what did i miss
0: (laughs) i think that's a lot i'm going to include links to um Everything Violetta. So everything you would need to know on how to reach Violetta. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're intrigued about any of the concepts that we've been discussing, please reach out. You can find her on Instagram, uh, Facebook. I'm going to give website links. I will put links to all of the little free things that she has too. So you can learn a little bit more and maybe um, start a conversation with her about your own journey with food um, and body. So as we kind of wrap up this conversation, it's clear that your journey to intuitive eating and your approach as a certified eating, uh, intuitive eating coach, really offers a lot of wisdom and guidance for people. Um, and your story is really a testament to the power of listening to our bodies and then redefining our relationship with food. It's clear that you know you've been able to do this for yourself, and that you are clear. Really qualified to help other people do this for themselves as well mm-hmm. um, and a lot of the insights that we've shared today remind us that health isn't just about what we eat but about how we eat how we live and how we perceive and interact with not just our food and bodies but with our families and our communities yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. any yeah. final thoughts you'd like to share
1: uh what do i want to say Well, first of all, thanks for having me. It was really uh, fun to talk to you. Yeah. And I think just anyone out there, um, if you're curious about the intuitive eating, um, intuitive intuitive eating journey, um, or, you know, um, you're not sure if it's right for you, um, or it feels a little bit scary or overwhelming, you know, um, just be gentle with yourself, you know, be gentle with yourself. one thing at a time, one step at a time. Um, just, you know, trust yourself. Don't believe your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Challenge, Challenge those your beliefs. thoughts. <laughs> and just be gentle. Maybe intuitive eating isn't for you. Maybe it is, but um, yeah, just just be gentle.
0: Terrific. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Violetta, for sharing your journey and your knowledge so with much, us, uh, your experience in navigating this complex world of diet culture and transforming it into a more intuitive and holistic approach to health. That's truly inspiring. So I'm going to share just quickly before we wrap up some of the key takeaways um, from today's session. And um, Violetta, what is the website, just if you would say it for the podcast listeners, where they can find you?
1: My website is violettanutrition.com. Excellent. Um, That's one T, Violetta with one T. Got it. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Terrific. So really what we've covered today is the power of unlearning. Um, Your journey has really highlighted the importance of unlearning societal and cultural norms around diet and health and showcasing the need for a more personalized and intuitive approach to eating. Um, You've shared some of your own stories about, you know, your behaviors emphasizing the significance of really recognizing and changing any of the disordered eating patterns that are often masked as health promoting practices. And your counseling really demonstrates how intuitive eating can lead to a healthier and more balanced relationship with food without the shame or the guilt or any of the restrictive behaviors that usually go on that. Um, Also, you know, your approach not only transforms individual lives, but it also encourages a broader cultural shift towards more sustainable and body neutral approaches that are health inclusive practices as well. So thank you so much, Violetta. I really enjoyed our conversation today. And if anybody listening wants to learn more about Violetta, um, go to the show notes. You'll find all the links to all the places where you can find her. Thanks for joining us and bye for now. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Say When, the podcast for women who've had enough of diet culture and are ready to get on with their lives. If you'd like to learn more about working with me, send me a DM through Instagram at Holly Toscanini, or you can find me on my website, hollytoscanini.com. Thanks for joining me.